everyone. My name is Catherine Gorley, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today for another episode of the Injury Prevention Academy, a podcast brought to you by Dorn Companies, the country's leading wellness-based pain management and injury prevention company. Dorn is committed to reducing costs of healthcare and workers' compensation, as well as reducing lost productivity, which has resulted in over $120 million in savings over the last 21 years for our clients. Joining us today is Dr. Danny Kimlinger. Dr. Kimlinger is the CEO of Minds and Associates, a national business psychology firm, and has been recognized as one of 2021's Titan 100 leaders for Colorado's top 100 CEOs and C-level executives. She actually joined us last year um, on the Injury Prevention Academy podcast with an episode entitled Mental Health at Work. Welcome, Danny. Thank you, Catherine. It's great to be back. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, when when we last spoke, um, obviously mental health in the workplace is is so important. And I, I really wanted to kind of hear from you as to what has changed uh, since 2020. Sure. Wow. Um, changed. That's a it's a good question. Um, I think last time we talked, we talked about there being more attention on um, mental health since the pandemic had begun. Um, this has continued. We are seeing more organizations normalizing mental health through leaders sharing their mental health journeys. Um, we're seeing more organizations encouraging mental health days, providing more robust mental health benefits, and also more creative ways to support mental health. So just a simple example of what I'm talking about is that um, could be trauma-informed yoga, as an example, or coaching, um, online cognitive behavioral therapy groups and programs focus groups regarding belonging and mental health. So for organizations that are not prioritizing mental health right now for their employees, they are simply missing the boat. Um, mental health has been cited as one of the primary reasons for an employee leaving their positions. In the great resignation, this is something that can be supported. And uh, I, actually, I just saw an article in a Harvard Business Review with statistics stating that more than two thirds of workers have talked about their mental health openly in the workplace yet only half have received a supportive or positive response. So this is both through um, leadership as well as colleagues. So on the mental health delivery side, I think there's been um, a stronger focus on specialty networks with specialized training and lived experience. So those are a few things that, I'm not sure if they're dramatic changes from the last time we talked, but certainly um, there are areas that have been highlighted, enhanced, or um, and more prevalent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just talking about it is is such a large step forward because, mm -hmm. you know, even five, 10 years ago, starting a conversation in the workplace about mental health, I think was one of those taboo subjects. You know, people did not want to hear something like that. So I think the actual communication of that has, has been amazing. I agree with you, absolutely. Yeah. And, and because so many people in the US are affected by mental illness, I mean, the, the rate of depression in um, for just the past two years has written, I'm sorry, risen, I think about almost 33%. And it means that it affects almost one in three adults. I mean, that's, that, that's a large part of your workforce dealing with some form of depression um, or mental illness. Um, or, 
So, and Dorn launched a program in 2021 with one of our partners where we have self-care programming that pairs together mental health awareness and true wellness techniques. So what in your opinion can companies do to support their employees when in today's world that work-life balance is so often blurred? Absolutely. And Catherine, I, I'm so glad to hear that you are pairing mental health awareness and wellness techniques around self-care programming. Um, it's so, so important. And comorbid mental health conditions, such as depression, as you mentioned, can impact effectiveness of other self-care. So there are several things that organizations can do to support their employees. You know, one significant one is to offer robust mental health benefits with minimal barriers to access. So we still see large organizations trying to compete in the job market that are offering embedded EAPs and high deductible health plans. Um, this does not make mental health care accessible for most people. You know, if they're needing to reach their deductible before they get coverage on their therapy or psychiatry appointments and the appointments are, you know, 150 to $400, um, you know, that's not feasible for most people. And that does not make it easy. Um, also, to remember that one size does not fit all. So, you know, even with the prevalence of technological solutions, this may or may not be a fit for everybody. So just kind of an experience, a mind's experience point, um, we offer therapy in four ways. So in person, via video, message-based, and telephonically. And what we find is even with the offer to every single client, most people are still preferring in-person as an example. Um, although we will say that the technology resources and the message base have been hugely helpful for some industries like emergency room docs or restaurant workers or you know, folks that may or may not have scheduled flexibility. Um, and you know, they certainly are, are helpful to, you know, to people with different lifestyle and preferences as well. Mm -hmm. So leveraging your mental health resources, especially true and possible for an EAP such as us in your FMLA, your work comp, your ADA programming can be, can be huge. So can you have your EAP outreach those on FMLA and make sure, for instance, that they know about the financial services available to support them around the reduced budget if they're on disability and getting 60% of their wages? or the parenting or lactation coaching that's available to them if they are new parents and they need that support. So, you know, I think that leveraging resources is really important and can be in, in coaching or legal services or financial services can be just as impactful as counseling. So um, other ways that, you know, can, you know, that an organization can support the work-life balance and mental wellness is to promote time away from work in the form of PTO and respecting nights and weekends as much as possible for people if that's you know, not typically the hours that they work. So really promoting that time away. And we're seeing more and more studies that are saying that it's better to have um, you know, more like frequent and shorter breaks potentially than you know, like that one big vacation a year, because that, that's a lot of time in between um, that can be where that work-life balance can be blurred. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when when still a lot of employees, I mean, including myself, are working from home, now mm -hmm. that that work-life balance really starts to blur when it's so easy to go to your your home office and pull up your work email. Now, yeah. now it's it's blurring even further than what it was when people were going to an office and then coming home. Absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like communication is such an integral part 
of, of that between the, the company and their employees. And that includes everything from, you know, keeping that work-life balance kind of unblurred as it were, uh, but also having your safety goals met and really making sure that the well-being of your employees are kind of in the forefront of your mind. So mm -hmm. in your opinion, what are some important things that companies have to keep in mind in 2022 when it comes to employee mental health and, um, and really how that's even evolving today? Sure. Well, communication to employees is important. Um, you know, it's it's important for all kinds of reasons, including um, their feeling of belonging. So, you know, the hybrid work model does present both challenges and opportunities. Um, this seen that one significant difference in the last two years is that many job seekers expect workplace flexibility now. So this allows the organization an opportunity to think through different engagement strategies that are include those hybrid workforces. So, you know, I mean, are there specific programs that can bridge that divide? I think about several ways that wellness partners are starting to meet those needs or have been meeting those needs, not even starting. Um, you know, for instance, even at Minds, we have a, a yoga partner that offers, you know, two online classes per week and, and it's live and you're part of that. So, um, you know, we're seeing in our client base that more and more process groups are being offered virtually. That would be another example. And you know, the important thing that organizations need to keep in mind is that they need to equally engage virtual and in-person employees. So yes. if your communication is primarily in the form of hallway conversations, how can you intentionally do that with the virtual folks too? Is that setting up virtual coffee or just you know, like checking in by you know, giving them a call on Teams or you know, just you know, trying to make sure that they're part of that process as well? Absolutely, and I think having like you said those that yoga program or having like a weekly coffee kind of check-in with your employees that's i feel like that's so important when you're bridging that divide between the workers on site and the workers remote because i think remote workers can sometimes feel very kind of not standoffish but very separated from the the workers in the office and and it can be everything from feeling like they're missing meetings or maybe they they don't get a piece of information that they really should and making sure that you keep that communication open and i, I i'm sure you agree that will affect mental health absolutely absolutely yeah people like to feel part of and they like to belong and um, and, you know, we all do better with more communication than less. So, you know, in the absence of communication, we tend to make things up that may or may not be positive things. So um, I think that's, it's really important what you're saying. Yeah, and, and from Dorn's webinars and think tanks this past year, we noticed that so many EHS, you know, safety professionals, they're really focusing more on, on mental programs and, and wellness programs than ever before by actually partnering their safety with, with HR. And, and, and I think there's been kind of a, a separation between those two for a long time, but now they're really bridging that. So, and, you know, how important is it to have mental health programs that benefit your employees? on that long-term basis, like you said, like the therapy and working with their hours, uh, but also short-term basis. I know Minds and Associates has uh, critical incident support. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I would say it's incredibly important to have long-term support as well as an avenue for debriefing through, you know, a, a critical stress debriefing or process group. Um, interestingly and historically, we saw stress debriefings and process groups mainly used when a tragedy occurred. So, you know, if somebody passed away suddenly in the workplace or there was an act of violence or something of those um, kinds of natures that we would get those calls. And although we still get those calls too, we have seen um, a pretty significant shift into more of a proactive approach. So we're seeing organizations engaging more around disruptive events or changes. And, mm -hmm. you know, this can include a team that's burnt out and, you know, because of the pandemic or because of their work, um, and they need some skills and tools to help them. So organizations are bringing someone in to provide a process group, or there isn't an actual, let's say, event that occurred that's causing this, but they're aware that there's more burnout and challenges. And, you know, another example would be, you know, a process group for a leadership team that would like some help with, um, they kind of have a sense that their employees' mental health is being impacted, or they're taking more days off, or they're um, you know, overtly making comments about being tired or depressed or not having energy or they're seeing productivity decrease. And so, you know, leadership teams are, um, you know, deciding that it's it's a good idea to bring in someone, say, a, you know, a therapist as part of a process group to talk about how to support them proactively while keeping those leadership boundaries. And um, it's, it's actually, it's quite refreshing to see that proactive support there. Yeah, and I think that, a company's understanding that it can be it can be loud like that it can be someone complaining that they're tired someone you know where you can see productivity um, go down or it can even be someone all of a sudden goes quiet mm -hmm. it can be those two kind of polar opposites and it all leads to someone like you said feeling burned out and, and and keeping that open communication, but also utilizing the programs that they do have with their safety and their um, and their HR departments that can can you know mitigate those. Whether that's an intern, or, I'm sorry, a, an in-person therapist or mm -hmm. those technological advances, like you said. Absolutely. And I know that the subject of burnout has become obviously just a large topic, you know, it was, it was always kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm just going to take the day off. But now it's, it's very much of, I'm, I'm feeling burned out. I need a day. I need two days to really recharge. And I know, like you said, the, the great resignation a couple of months ago, you know, people were leaving their jobs. And I think, uh, 57% of us workers today are actually reporting stress daily. And that's and that's concerning, especially when you're seeing those burnout numbers really increase. So in your opinion, what are the top three, I'd say, drives or ideas that a company needs to keep in mind when they're looking to retain employees? Yeah, I mean, what a great question. Um, so three things. Um, you know, I th I'd say that the first thing is certainly looking at your benefits. So, you know, are your benefits robust? Um, you know, mental health benefits encompass a lot more than just therapy and med management. Um, you know, mental health benefits include things like, you know, maybe having that talk to your EAP, um, you know, accessible counseling and med management, because that's another piece that um, certainly our field is bumping up against every day, which is, you know, um, you know, we have a client that, 
is, uh, you know, only has a couple days of their meds left and they can't get into, um, you know, a psychiatrist or someone with prescriptive privileges. And um, so, you know, like how is your benefit partner combating that? Um, coaching, so this is professional and personal. Uh, flexibility, you know, people like to have control where they can. Uh, mindfulness, uh, resources for personal and professional development. You know, generous PTO and a culture that actually supports the taking time away and recharge. So, um, you know, I, I did a project a couple weeks ago with a team as an example, and they talked about taking time off. But, uh, you know, while they're on their PTO, they'll get, um, you know, they're not checking their teams or their email. They've set their own boundaries, but then their colleagues or boss will send them text messages and ask them questions like, hey, I can't find this. I know you worked on this. And although we might have to do that, you know, in a, under emergent circumstances at times, like, you know, we should, as organizations should really try not to and allow that recharge time. Second thing, uh, flexibility. You know, I mean, we are seeing organizations work through these hard conversations. And can the position be done at home, even some of the time? So, you know, does it have to be done on location? And you know, asking yourself, if so, why? Um, some positions lend themselves to more workplace flexibility than others. So for instance, like an IT programmer probably can better work from home than say an ER nurse. But what flexibility right. can be offered, you know, to that ER nurse? You know, could it be, um, you know, schedule shifts or changes, you know, three twelves. Um, I worked with a healthcare organization that had a pretty strict, um, you know, like it, it was a, five eights, but really they were working more like 10 hour days and they were really looking for flexibility there because they felt like they were just, they were spending all their time at work. So can that be something that can be accommodated? Um, I, I believe flexibility is a mindset more than anything else, a willingness. Um, and I also think that, you know, with the rising tensions of family care and work, you know, whether it's a kiddo testing positive and needing to quarantine for five days, or you know, the stress of just family coordination playing a role in care. I think organizations, um, and we're seeing organizations more and more adopting that flexibility, but I think, I think that's another piece that organizations can <clears throat> get ahead of. So the third thing is probably a culture of connection. So you know, that's uh, maybe culture of connection and belonging um, so diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, really fortunately, there has been some movement, although we are not there, absolutely not there, but some movement on expectations of organizations to become more kind, more diverse, connecting, inclusive, and equitable organizations. So we have learned so much as a society, and I think, um, you know, we have so much more to learn. But I think the great resignation has been an effective way to hold organizations more accountable and keep growing in ways and at paces that we haven't seen before. So I think those three things, like looking at your benefit structure um, and accessibility, especially on the mental health side, since that's what we're talking about here, flexibility and not just can they work from home or not, but it's a bigger mindset of flexibility. And then looking at your culture and, and the connection there. Um, especially around diversity, equity, inclusion. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Because I know uh, Calm uh, recently did a survey that said that 76% of workers, when they're looking for a new job, new career opportunity, those mental health benefits are 
a critical part of whether or not they decide to go with with a company. And I know that within Dorn's own therapy programs, within our own kind of program success indicators, it's really all about stress reduction, whether or not a, a program is helping and whether or not they would recommend it for someone else, because that's going to affect that culture, that's going to affect that morale at work. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that, that connection you're making there at Doran is, is just, it's, it's so, so important. They're so connected. Yeah, and, and and I think keeping keeping in front of that, I think a lot of companies can can use um, some of those kind of techniques, some of those some of those ideas to push forward more that, like we said, communication with their employees. Yeah, makes sense. Um, are you seeing a lot of that communication change, whether or not it's a large company versus a small company? You know, we are seeing an evolution, I would say, at, uh, in organizations of all sizes. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think sometimes in smaller organizations or even really efficient large organizations, um, you know, it is often not big bureaucratic processes to, to make changes. And so I think that's where some of the smaller and mid-sized companies were seeing changes. Um, but I think large organizations as well. I mean, it's it's so, so, so important and valuable to have that interconnectedness. Um, so, you know, absolutely. You know, and I think, um, so yes, yes, we are. That's great. Um, and, and I know when people typically think about mental health, they they always think of I'd say more of just kind of the effect on someone's mind. You know, that's that the, they're all just focused in on here, not realizing that mental health can affect everything from injury rates to distractions at work. You know, you're you're overlooking those workplace hazards, especially in high risk injury. Or I'm sorry, high risk industries like manufacturing um, and construction. So, what is that? true connection between what we call physical pain and mental health. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there is an impact. It, you know, I think that the obvious one that we would think about is, you know, someone is working in a high injury risk position, they're struggling, their mind is elsewhere, they're more likely to be injured. So that's I think the obvious one that we can, you know, just kind of recall. But you know, we've been involved in workplace injury work, both through like both on the EAP side as well as the case management side for work comp carriers. And in these cases, we're seeing the needle move to look broader than just the physical injury, but looking at the mental health component. You know, so an example would be um, a case that we managed where a driver was um, was driving for work, and he had another driver who was under the influence. A driver was injured badly. The passenger, though, of the vehicle, the um, intoxicated driver, was killed. And you know, the driver uh, that um, was working, and on the, you know, he, the one who hit the other car, you know, he went through a long journey on, you know, like surgeries. You know, he had a neck injury, a back injury, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, really took about a year for him to get his physical recovery in motion. And, and he was really focused on that, right? He was focused on his physical recovery. So he came back to work and started driving again and started having uh, moments of, um, of stress and in, you know, self-disclosed panic attacks, you know, while he was driving. Cause he, you know, he was so focused on his physical recovery and whatnot that, you know, like that wasn't maybe being looked at on the front end. It was like, let's get him healthy and get him back to work. So, 
you know, really fortunately, this organization that we work with on the carrier side are really good about holistically looking at those areas. So then it was a matter of just, you know, um, like the case manager had checked in on his first day of work and he said, gosh, I have to tell you, I'm really struggling, you know, behind the wheel of the car. And, you know, I had some flashbacks and I was thinking about that poor woman. And, um, you know, so getting him those, you know, supports to get back and, and, you know, and safely for himself as well as other drivers. So you know, that would be one example, but, you know, supporting the culture of mental health at all times and, pro, and, and proactively can help, you know, people engage early and often so they can get tools for the toolbox so that an, if an injury situation does occur, they are more likely to accept that mental health support. They're right. likely to be aware of the impact and hopefully get back to work, um, you know, sooner and, and healthier. Yeah, and not just once an incident actually happens, mm -hmm. but maybe you know before in, you know an incident happens, knowing that your your mind is not on something, whether you're fatigued about about stress at home or somewhere else, you know, that's going to affect your job performance and having uh, that that open discussion as to, I don't want an incident to actually occur. Yes. And so, and, and so often uh, Jordan finds that it really starts with, with the top of having the, those open discussions mm -hmm. with everyone from, you know, employees to supervisors to, to senior management, that's going to affect the, the, the mental health kind of openness of, of different companies. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that if leadership can share, you know, uh, just anything about their own mental health journeys, um, I, th I think it's, it's really impactful. Um, I'll never forget uh, Mental Health Awareness Day. It was October 10th last year. And um, I, I sent, we have a new, um, we have a number of mental health benefits. It's what we do. We feel like it's very important to offer strong benefits there. Yes. One of the benefits was brand new to us. So I, and I've used it. So I share that with our team, you know, not sharing details about why I was in therapy or anything like that, or why I am in therapy, but just, mm -hmm. you know, with ease of access, all of that. And I had a number of employees who just had either sent me a personal message or an email making comments such as, you know, I just really appreciate you sharing this. You know, I, I had one employee who said, I just, would never have imagined that you were in therapy because you seem pretty steady. And I'm like, well, that's because I, you know, I go to therapy. That's because I engage in mindfulness and, and whatnot. And I yes. think, you know, it's so, but it's so important because it normalizes that for employees. And, um, and yeah, so I, I think that's, it's really important. And it's, I mean, it took me a while, frankly, to feel comfortable doing that, but now I'm like, this is, it's, it's so important. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's just the normal part part of your life to to mm -hmm. have that those those talks about about what's driving you, what's stressing you out, and and normalizing that kind of talk at the workplace, just just in terms of like you said, actually ex, you know being able to access those kind of programs. It's not just well one person at work is is in therapy and they don't want to ever talk about it. No, this is actually you know, this is accessible right. to everyone. Yep, absolutely. And we have some, you know, obviously we're in a kind of a different uh, group, you know, we're, since we're in mental health, I think, you know, it's, it's different than maybe um, some other industries, but, you know, you'll see on some calendars where people will have their therapy appointment there. And then, you know, other folks that, you know, um, may not talk about it at all. And that's perfectly fine. Um, right. But I think what's important is just to, to make sure that, um, 
that you know the conversation is is normalized and that you're you know it, if you can as a leader to be transparent about how you keep yourself mentally healthy um you know that can be really impactful for people right and that's everything from you know saying yes i i go to to therapy once a week or once every other week that's great um, or it can be yes i took off a couple of days last month because i needed to recharge absolutely now mine has mines and associates has such a great approach to total well-being uh what what are the top components and drives of your wellness programs and how have you seen those evolve to to really meet the needs of different companies, especially coming into 2022? Sure. Well, we think that holistic well-being is vital. So we do follow the six dimensions of wellness. So you know, physical, social, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and occupational. Um, but holistic organizationally and individually. So I'll just talk briefly about kind of each area because I think they're both really important. So, you know, at the organizational level, it's to support successful and existing programs if they're there, um, you know, otherwise to help them think through building those. So, it, in, you know, by working with existing programs, it's connecting our services to theirs, um, you know, looking at training hours and career coaching as examples that can complement already existing professional development initiatives, management consultations. They could be, you know, part of leadership meetings proactively rather than just when a reactive problem occurs um you know leveraging utilization reports so you know groups that um you know provide eap services provide utilization reports and they share a great deal of information about why people are leveraging services um they show organizational and personal themes to help uncover potential problems before they show up for work so you know an example would be if you're an organization you're looking at utilization report 30 percent of your employees have access services for substance use we know that substance abuse shows up at work last so what can the organization do to combat this proactively and conflict resolutions gosh that is definitely on the rise again um you know that's something that you know as people are coming back together to work and you know tensions are high around vaccines and politics and you know so on and so forth that a facilitator can really help to sort out those issues um and then just you know talk about individually just for you know a moment you know, we believe, you know, that, that ease of access, the abundance of resources that meet the client where they are is incredibly important. So, you know, multiple services could be needed all at once and relevant at the same time. So, you know, an example of this could be someone going through a divorce and they might call in saying, I need, I need a divorce attorney as part of a legal service. But then they could also use counseling, you know, to support them around this big change and the grief and loss. And then maybe they also want to engage on the parenting coaching because now their parenting is going to look a lot different if they're co-parenting, let's say. So, you know, just really meeting them where they are, having the services, um, you know, because it, they can be all so impactful and, um, and all at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think establishing the, like what you said, that, that holistic approach to to workplace mental health and and having employees understand all the different points of that i think is so important and as companies establish their own culture of safety i think that could be a really large part of that and 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 i know that 
the company role in mental health is so important. I mean, so what what have you seen? Just just to wrap up is is how important a culture of safety is within a workplace. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's vital. It's you know, I'd go so far as to say I think the organization has a responsibility to establish a culture of safety, which includes I'm going to say really overtly psychological safety and mental health. So, you know, I think that organization is the holder of the resources in the form of, you know, benefits, and they need to ensure that there is access. Uh, the organization has to be psychologically safe, has to be supportive. It should normalize mental health and, you know, do this through such things as discussions about mental health, as well as watching language and how they talk about mental health. So, you know, we're still, it's really not uncommon still to use language, um, even if you're joking or making comments um, that can really minimize um, or discredit, you know, mental, mental health. So an example would be, um, you know, she's a little off or something like that. You know, you can see how something like that might seem pretty innocent, but can have a pretty big impact on someone who, um, you know, struggling and might want to, you know, proceed to talk to someone about, you know, getting that support. So words are important. And also, I think it's a process. We can all get better. We can always work on it. We're not there. You know, we do this for a living. And we're always working to improve it in our own organization as well as for our clients. So, you know, I, I, I just, I think it's a, it's a journey. I think there's, um, you know, no better time to get on, um, on the journey right now and, and really enhance where you can. So, that's what I have to yeah. say about it. Yeah, and and I love that you said that it really is a journey. You know, this is not just a perfect, we're done with mental health. We had the we had the 15 or 20 minute meeting, everything's perfect. No, this is this is a constantly evolving field and and having those talks with your employees will even introduce new ways that you can help them. On, on that workplace front because it bleeds so much into your 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 whole life you know the it, the you know we we talk about work work life balance but even though we really want to keep work and and personal lives kind of separate it is going to bleed into each other and so if you if you kind of acknowledge that and know that that journey is going to be made with your employees it just makes it so much more beneficial to everyone. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, thank you, Dr. Kimlinger, for, for joining us today. Well, thank you. It was a great conversation. And um, I'm, I'm really glad to hear what you all are, you know, incorporating in your, you know, services at Dorn. It's um, what you do is so important and love that you're, you know, incorporating mental health in the ways that you are. It's just, it's wonderful. So thank yeah. you for all that you do as well. No, and 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 Minds and Associates has has so many insights to to the that mental health arena that that it's exciting to see um, Minds really kind of coming to the forefront of of establishing those those cultures. So thank you, thank you so much, and and thank, thank you. you to our audience for tuning in to Dorn's Injury Prevention Academy. Uh, please tune in next time to learn more about the innovative programs and the steps being taken in today's world of safety. Mm -hmm.